Tomorrow night is Johnny Carson's last night on The Tonight Show. Johnny Carson is a uniquely American comedian from the heartland of America who was never so wrapped up in his own self-importance that he couldn't relate to the problems and needs of average Americans. This country will suffer a profound loss when Johnny Carson leaves The Tonight Show. While I won't miss his frequent jabs at Congress, which have been very frequent lately, America will miss his good-natured and genuinely funny and uniquely American humor. That was Democratic Congressman from Kansas, Dan Glickman, May 21st, 1992, saying goodbye to legendary TV talk show host Johnny Carson. We're kind of in a similar spot these days. No, we're not saying farewell permanently to late-night TV talk show hosts, but we are going to be without them for what might be quite a while. As we record this podcast, thousands of members of the Writers Guild of America are on strike. It's the first TV writer's walkout in more than 15 years, and it has halted production on some of the most popular shows in the U.S. President Biden even talked about it this week at a screening of the Disney Plus series American Born Chinese. I sincerely hope the writer's strike in Hollywood gets resolved and the writers are given a fair deal they deserve as soon as possible. This is an iconic, meaningful American industry, and we need the writers and all the workers and everyone involved to tell the stories of our nation and the stories of all of us. One immediate casualty from the strike, late-night TV. The talk shows are shut down. No new episodes, no new words. But there's one place on TV where the words never stop, where the content is always fresh, where there is always new programming. The U.S. Congress. Congress on TV. Live on C-SPAN, they keep on talking, they keep on debating. The new words keep coming. Sometimes scripted, sometimes unscripted. And sometimes they even talk about late-night TV talk show hosts, the ones who aren't on TV right now. In fact, representatives and senators don't just talk about late-night TV talk show hosts. They tell their jokes. If you want to hear jokes written on late-night TV, jokes you may be hearing for the first time, keep listening to Congress. Keep listening to this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. The other night I was watching comedian Stephen Colbert on his program, and, uh, and he was talking about the number of times we voted to try to repeal health care. And he had a good idea for the Republicans. He said, obviously, you're not going to be able to do it if you say you're going to repeal health care. So he suggested that a bill be written that is titled, quote, this is not another repeal of Obamacare. We swear it, but just don't look inside it, sign it. And if you put that act out, that maybe you would get somewhere with it. That was New York Democratic Representative Louise Slaughter, August 1st, 2013, quoting one of many late-night TV talk show hosts who have supplied material to members of Congress over the years. Here's another. From May 9th, 2004, another Democratic member of Congress from Illinois, Rahm Emanuel. You know, Jay Leno had a funny joke, and I must repeat it. He says, "Under you know how, why President Bush is in such trouble? He's overseen more gay marriages than he has jobs created in the United States. Here's more Jay Leno from a Republican two years later. September 19th, 2006, Maryland Congressman Roscoe Bartlett. Now, we're doing a great many things in this Congress that neither I nor anyone else can find a sound basis for in the Constitution. 
And this is pretty widely recognized. As evidence of that, I have, and I think this was a joke from Jay Leno. That's one of the places it was heard. But this is what he said. They keep talking about drafting a constitution for Iraq. Why don't we just give them ours? It was written by a lot of really smart guys. It's worked for over 200 years, and we're not using it anymore. Let's do one more Jay Leno joke, delivered by Texas Republican Congressman Louis Gohmert, December 5th, 2012. I grew up in a family of four kids. Think times were good. We ate beef when times were not. Um, you know, we'd have uh, beanie weenies. Uh, I happen to like them just fine, but uh, it's still a struggle for those who continue to struggle. Uh, as I heard Jay Leno once say, four words, Kraft macaroni and cheese. One of my favorite meals. Now a joke from Jay Leno's replacement as host of The Tonight Show, Conan O'Brien, running for president in the 2008 campaign and speaking in Iowa, here's Colorado Republican Congressman Tom Tancredo. Some months ago, a late night comedian, pundit, I don't know how you want to describe him by the name of Conan O'Brien, was talking about when the, everybody had uh, filed their reports and how much they had raised And he said, uh, Hillary Clinton announced that she raised $36 million. Barack Obama announced that he had raised $25 million. And Tom Tancredo had announced that he raised two children. (laughs) Even a Conan O'Brien interview with a celebrity has been cited. From February 12, 1999, here's Joe Scarborough, The Republican congressman from Florida is discussing President Bill Clinton. And who's heard protest about what the president's dear friend and fundraiser and Hollywood star Alec Baldwin said on December 11th, 1998? He shared his views with Conan O'Brien, where he said regarding the House vote on possible impeachment of the president, Quote, I come back from Africa and I'm thinking to myself that in other countries they are laughing at us 24 hours a day. And Baldwin goes on to say, and I'm thinking to myself, if we were in other countries, we would all right now, all of us go down together. And at this point, he starts to get up and he starts to shout. He said, we would all go together down to Washington and we would stone Henry Hyde to death. Now, The Daily Show. From March 23rd, 2010, here's Democratic California Congresswoman Lynn Woolsey, and she's quoting Jon Stewart. As it is, even before Iraqis voted, this election was marred by chaos, disputed candidacies, corruption, arrests, even assassinations. Jon Stewart on the Comedy Channel joked that to call this election a success with just a few candidates assassinated is setting the bar pretty low. Now the comedian who replaced Jon Stewart on The Daily Show, Trevor Noah. He told a joke that Amy Klobuchar has cited. Here's the Democrat from Minnesota on the Senate floor, June 4th, 2019. 
When I arrived in the Senate, there were only 16 women, led by the dean of the women senators who's here with us today, Senator Barbara Mikulski. We now have, as noted by my colleagues, 25 women senators. But that is an all-time high, because when you look at the history of the Senate, there's been nearly 2,000 male senators and only 56 women. I was on the Trevor Noah show a few months ago, and he said if a nightclub had that kind of ratio, they would shut it down. And here's Senator Klobuchar in a presidential campaign debate, December 19th, 2019. First of all, uh, we have not had enough women in our government. Uh, When I was on Trevor Noah's show once, uh, I explained how in the history of the Senate there was something like 2,000 men and only 50 women in the whole history. And he said if a nightclub had numbers that bad, they would shut it down. And here's Senator Klobuchar, March 22, 2022, in a Senate Judiciary hearing questioning Supreme Court Justice nominee Ketanji Brown-Jackson. And I will note... Uh, of the 115 justices, 110 have been men. And I um, actually once reminded a late night show, Trevor Noah, of similar issues in the U.S. Senate. Uh, in fact, in the history of the U.S. Senate, of the nearly 2,000 people who have served, only 58 have been women. And he responded that if a nightclub had numbers that bad, they'd shut it down. All right, before moving on, one more from Senator Amy Klobuchar. And one more from Trevor Noah, but this time, a different joke. From February 10th, 2021, the topic, Donald Trump. The U.S. Senate has decided that, in fact, which is consistent with the Constitution and all the precedent from the Senate in the past, that the president could face impeachment even though he's out of office. Why? Because the remedy is there that says that you shouldn't hold office in the future and because we simply can't let a president in the future think uh, that just because they get voted out, uh, that then they could do anything they want on the way out the door, including inside a riot. Um, as Trevor Noah put it, um, you can't get fired from Best Buy and steal a TV on your way out. Finally, it's time for David Letterman. Let's hear from Senator Elizabeth Dole, Republican of North Carolina. January 28, 2004, a few days before her Carolina Panthers played the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Earlier this week, late-night host David Letterman cracked, Who knew Carolina had a team? I dare say that after Sunday, Mr. President, the world will know. Sadly for Elizabeth Dole, the Panthers lost the 2004 Super Bowl. But happily for this podcast, her David Letterman quip is a super way to introduce this episode's bonus clip. We'll stick with David Letterman, and we'll stick with Senator Dole. But this time, not Senator Elizabeth Dole, her husband, Senator Bob Dole. During a February 3rd, 1995 appearance on The Late Show with David Letterman, Bob Dole said he planned to run for president in 1996. He did, and on November 5th, 1996, he lost to President Bill Clinton. Three days later, Bob Dole returned to The Late Show with David Letterman. It was taping in Washington, D.C. The crowd goes wild. The crowd goes wild. All right. Have a seat, Senator. Thank you. Welcome back to the uh, Late Show. Thank you, Bob. What have you been doing lately? Not <laughs> uh, apparently not enough. But in any event, <laughs> but uh, I, I had a question for the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about two out of three? <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
That, 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 to me, that brings up a question that I think everybody had. The, the, the last 96-hour blitz deal, right. how the hell could you survive that? How could you do that? I, you know, we're half an hour into this thing, and I need a nap. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're going to be in four cities in, what, four weeks? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hectic pace, but somebody <laughs> somebody has to do it. Makes me sound like no. a sissy, doesn't it? Yeah, well, we, you know, we did everything. I jumped off stage in Chico, California. Uh, we tried to excite. In fact, on the way down, you know, I fell off the stage. I dove into the crowd. And uh, on, the, on the way down, my cell phone rang. And a trial lawyer said, Bob, I think we got a case. Yeah! <laughs> so we, we had a lot of fun. How long did the... How long did the whole thing last? Is it eight? Is it a year and a half, or is it closer to uh, two see, years? I, the reason I came back tonight because I unofficially announced on your program in February '95, and I want to know what went wrong. <laughs> You're not holding me responsible you here. Told me if I came on the show, everything would be fine. <laughs> but at least I get 200 bucks for being here tonight's first work I have. Oh boy, good for you. <laughs> Send it wisely. Take care of that money. That's it for this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. Still upset there's nothing fresh to watch on TV? Don't fret. There's always something new being said every day in Congress. Watch it on TV on C-SPAN and listen to C-SPAN Radio and our 12 podcasts. Then relive all the memories in the C-SPAN Video Library. Thanks for listening and happy searching. 